out beyond ideas of wrongdoing and rightdoing. There is a field. I'll meet you there. When the soul lies down in that grass, the world is too full to talk about. Ideas, language, even the phrase each other does make sense. Hi everyone. Every episode of Meet Me in the Field that I record and put out is close to my heart and incredibly important to me. Today's episode truly takes a special place though. I have known Mandy for about 25 years now. We have walked strange and interesting paths, from the heydays of flourishing financial markets, market crashes, marriages, divorces, my drug addiction and recovery, to her sudden onset blindness and the wide and steep road of her recovery. We have been there for each other. I'm aware of how difficult it is for Mandy to share this part of her life path, but we both agree it is not only a tale worth telling, but if we can, through this telling, help one person then we have done well. I thank Mandy from the bottom of my heart. You can listen to Mandy's first Meet Me in the Field chat at www.freddy.org.za, Meet Me in the Field, or click on the podcast button and then The Buddhist. We also refer to James and Pia during our chat. You can catch my chat with James when you go to www.freddy.org.za, podcast and then The Altruist, while my conversation with Pierre can be listened to at the same link, but his episode was called The Muso. Both truly inspirational stories and an important part in Mandy's recovery story. Please log on to our website, which is www.eyes2, that's number two, eyes.org.za. I am not prone to begging, but when a cause is this close to my heart, I do so shamelessly. Please support our 67 Minutes Mandela Day Blindfold Challenge by clicking on www.giveandgain, that's G-I-V-E-N-G-A-I-N dot com forward slash CC forward slash 67 minutes Mandela day blindfold challenge. And challenge your friends to join in and donate too. The world needs you. Follow us on Facebook at eyes to eyes 2020 as well as on, on Instagram, also at eyes to eyes 2020 and on Twitter, also, Eyes to Eyes 2020. This podcast is supported by Orangutans in the Field, the podcast where Marva and I talk about life stuff, how it impacts our mental health, and how we deal with it. Catch this unedited, raw, sometimes heart-heating, and always blatantly honest podcast on Anchor FM or Iono FM. Please also look out for information on my book, Life and Non, a 12-step guide to life for non-addicts. You can find it by following the link from the right of my homepage which is at www.freddy.org.za. It costs 300 rand without postage. Order from me in my shop at www.freddyshop.co.za. This is Mandy's story. Sit back, relax, and enjoy. Did you hear that? I did. I did, yes. Any puppier notifications about my privacy? <laughs> no. <laughs> Absolutely. My <no>. rights? Not. <laughs> In this space, Mandy, I just want to remind you that you have no rights. You are at my mercy. <laughs> you are at my mercy. I hope that's okay with you. <laughs> that's absolutely fine. <laughs> so we spoke in January 2018 was the podcast recording we did before. So that's a good three years ago. Can Are you, you believe it? Yeah, I, I looked I up now. I've done we, one since then. 
We, we did a very short one on um, when you were one of four guests who spoke about your, your, the effect of COVID. That was, a, that was just a short one. Oh, okay. Yeah. But but the real one wow. we, we, we was was in January 2018. Yeah, I so, was much younger then. <laughs> <laughs> and you weren't wearing an eye clap then. What do you call it? That's an eye clap, an eye patch, an eye patch. Eye clap wow. in Afrikaans. Yeah. Oh so, really? Yeah. Like you've been clapped in the. <laughs> so you've been clapped on. Yeah. So why are you wearing an eye eye patch at the moment? Because um, the density of the cataract now which is steroid induced um, is so bad that it's sending different signals to my left eye so it interferes with my left eye uh, function so um, my ophthalmologist uh, optometrist rather has just advised that in order to maximize vision I must keep my right eye covered Okay. It's a real pain, um, but it does actually give me sort of slightly better vision. Okay. Yeah. And how much vision do you have in your left eye? With my lens in, in my left eye, I get 20-20 vision. Um, okay. and then, with and my then, lens out, it's very poor. It's dropped off again. Apparently, that's just due to the nature of corneas post-transplant they tend to fluctuate so oh, wow. but I've got a follow-up appointment on the 7th next week so yeah. I'm interested to see what both of them say mm. okay and it is in it's in December 2018 that you lost your sight am I correct that's right yeah 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 in so, fact yeah so I, take, I was just thinking take us that. take us through that process of 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 of, of what happened um so I started experiencing um, discomfort in my eyes around the 6th of, well, before the 6th of December. I remember the 6th being of particular kind of relevance because it, I, I met my sister for a coffee and I was saying goodbye to her. She was going up to the Eastern Cape for her Christmas holidays. And I was wearing dark glasses inside and she said, what's wrong with your eyes? And I said, well, they're really itchy and scratchy and sore and very light sensitive and she you know i, I had an appointment to see an optometrist yeah. or she thought um, she had one murder, murder hangover. <laughs> <laughs> probably that as well <laughs> um yeah so i went to see the optometrist and um his feeling was that it was probably allergy related there was lots of pollen in the air it was that time of the year um so that was the first kind of visit. And then within days, um, it got a lot worse and I had to go back and see him. And he picked up something when he stained my eyes and said, I think there might be some sort of ulceration happening in one of your eyes here. So I need you to see an ophthalmologist. Anyway, to cut a long story short, um, eventually I was diagnosed with a, um, a viral um condition and put on treatment for that I was told I would go blind but that I would my, my sight would definitely come back with after a three-week period of treatment so it was a pretty scary time um, because I lost my vision very very quickly um, and had to get family members actually came down to stay with me in Cape Town to look after me because I literally you know I could, light sensitivity was so bad I, everything was blacked out 
um, I could not leave, get into the outside light. I had to have all the windows mm. and blinds covered. Um, and but the pain now, was immense. Okay. Mm. So, but now it was scratchy, itchy, and really, really sore. Yeah, it was off the charts painful. Um, oh. It was pain that I've never experienced day and night. I mean, you just, you, you I couldn't sleep. I couldn't. Um, it was it was just indescribable pain and subsequent to you know my my correct diagnosis um months or a month later um the, the pain of acanthamoeba which was eventually a diagnosis acanthamoeba keratitis which is actually a bacterial infection not a viral infection the pain of it is likened to somebody spending their day stubbing out cigarettes in your eyes oh, um yeah, so it's a pretty. I mean, that that's sort of a, that's that's the acanthamoeba um, group that I, I belong to internationally. I mean, that's that's a pretty accurate description of the pain. Um, so Look, once, hope, hope, once hopefully, it, hopefully nobody really knows what it feels like to have cigarettes stubbed up in the eyes. <laughs> no, hopefully, hopefully nobody does know. That would be a pretty hectic thing to be happening. Yeah. Can you um, imagine? Oh, it sounds yeah. absolutely excruciating. And yeah. Can, can you remember? So from the 6th of December until you woke up with no vision, how, how long was that period? It wasn't long because I think my family came down to Cape Town on about the 20th of December to look after me. Um, they realized that I was in big trouble and um, somebody needed to be here. Um, and so I recall them taking me actually to see the same optometrist um, to have a follow up visit because that's, sorry, have you got background noise now? <laughs> it's okay. We can hear Ben. That, that's fine for yes, the listeners. I'm, that that is Ben. It's I'm going to, okay that he's keeping you safe. We don't, I'm going we don't to try and try and calm him down. <laughs> um, um, Freddie, so yeah, that was about the 20th of December that they came down and my, wow. I had no sight then because I recall them um, guiding me, leading me um, into the, the rooms and yeah, um, it was pretty much full-time care. So now we're talking about excruciating pain physically. Mm. What, what happened for you emotionally? How, how, how scary is it to... to I, I, I can't even I can't even start to 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 say to to just that kind of lose your sight. Yeah. Um, it's, or did you still believe that you'll get your eyesight back at that stage? Well, it was it was very frightening at that stage. I guess having been assured that I would get my eyesight back within three weeks, that you know, literally, this was the, the course of this viral infection, and that was how it, you know it worked, and that's how it would turn around. So with that in, in, in sort of in my mind and also with um, having people with me, I had a little bit of, of uh, a support in a way. However, with the type of pain levels that I was experiencing, I started to doubt very much that the diagnosis was correct. Um, okay. I had a really strong gut feeling that it was incorrect and that there was something bigger going on. Um, I, I had to see a locum ophthalmologist during that December period as my ophthalmologist was on leave, as was my optometrist. My father's That's a shitty period for something like this to happen because the country shuts down. 
yeah it's a very 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 tough time time yeah. of year um and you know the, the treating ophthalmologist because it's a specialist corneal kind of thing um even a general ophthalmologist really can't do anything about it um but mm. i do remember him very kindly giving me some um analgesic uh eye drops which just gave me a little bit of relief for two nights but it was very frightening um i think the fear grew once i got the final picture and i had the full diagnosis and i was told that this was going to be um a very very long you know two to three year rehabilitation process um, involving multiple surgeries and mm. treatment that is also immensely painful because the treatment for acanthamoeba keratitis is the equivalent one of the drops that you have to have there out of sort of a range of about four or five and you have to have it um, admitted every hour is a basically a pool acid um, it's the only Jesus. treatment that is currently <laughs> available yeah it's 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 uh, manufactured by um, uh, yeah, a, a manufacturing laboratory um, and it's the only treatment of its kind in the world for canthamoeba at the moment um, there is, um, I attended a webinar just recently, um, they are trying to develop a new sort of protocol for treatment and testing out new treatment. But it was interesting in that webinar, they spoke about this bacteria and how it, it hides from treatment. So it, it forms little cysts. The minute you start to treat it, it goes into hiding and it forms like these little cysts that it recedes into. And the, the pathologist who's working on, on, on some of the, the development of this new treatment um, was talking about old slides which had some acanthamoeba on them and they had sort of been lying around and dried out and all the rest. And they um, had a look at them with some, obviously, whatever fluid they use in pathology on them. And she said, after a 10-year period, these cells actually were still alive. Oh my word. That just sort of was an indication of how absolutely, uh, yeah, they're just the craziest bacteria. Yeah. They seem to withstand any kind of, yeah, they probably could survive an atomic, an atomic bomb. <laughs> <laughs> and your, and my understanding, Bans, if I'm correct, is that this thing was actually literally eating your cornea. Am I correct? Correct. Correct. It's a live bacteria, and so, so it was and, and millions. And that's the pain, that something is yeah. taking little bites out of your cornea. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So they, they, they say that they look a little bit like little jellyfish, um, and there were millions and millions and millions of them in my eyes. So, yeah, that is the pain. It's a nerve pain, I suppose. Yeah. Um, that, that area of your eye yeah. has got sort of high nerve concentration, and, and so you, yeah, Good it is very painful. I remember, Jacques, when I came to visit you that January. Mm, I remember. So that was probably yeah. January 2020 then. Am I correct? Yeah. yeah. No, 2019. So I was 2018. I was, uh, this started. So January 2019, you came to visit me and I was. Okay. Yeah. Yes, that, yeah. that's correct. And, um, and you were then on this hectic regime of. What's it three or five or four different types of eye drops every half an hour from like at eight o'clock in the morning until 10 o'clock at night, of which every hour was that burny, that burny yes. stuff. And you were sitting in this yes. dark room with sunglasses on, and every time the curtain moved, you freaked yeah. out. You were in so yes. much pain and so uncomfortable. And by that time, you've, you've already kind of, kind of started getting pain treatment that, that started working. So you're yes, already I was better very... Better than you were. 
before. Yeah, I was, I was very fortunate to have um, um, a doctor put me onto some medication that's used for pain management in psychiatric patients uh, who okay. have nerve pain. And it, whilst, yeah, I mean, it was an absolute blessing because it, it, it really did eventually knock the pain out, but it also knocked me out. So, you know, it, it made me feel very, very woozy and yeah. um, very out of it for most of the day. And mm. if I have a choice between feeling woozy and out of it and feeling fine, I'm sorry, I'm a, I'm a wimp, I'll take the woozy and out of it. <laughs> oh, yeah, look, there was no, there was, you know, dealing with pain in any kind of situation when you're sick, um, I mean, the healing really can't, can't take place. Um, not that there was ever going to be healing. The intention was to kill these bacteria because I couldn't have the cornea transplants until the bacteria were effectively um, either felt to be almost wiped out um, um, or totally wiped out. In fact, when they performed the surgery, the first cornea transplant, um, there was still active bacteria. But what they do when they're removing your own, what well, the remnants of your own cornea is, you know, they're removing that as well. So it's sort of almost okay. like a surgical um, extraction of, of that yeah. bacteria as well. Yeah. yeah. It's like in, um, if, if somebody's got like liver cancer, to, to not just yeah. to, to, to remove the lip, to the cancer, but to actually to, to remove the whole bloody liver. To, yeah. To, to get rid of the cancer in the process. So, so in this case, they removed the whole cornea. Listen, yeah. Andy, but how did they eventually discover that, 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 that this, how, how did you get the correct diagnosis? I was fortunate enough to see two professors or three professors at uh, Tigerberg Hospital, um, and they immediately diagnosed me with acanthamoeba, um, and then uh, asked that I have a biopsy to confirm. So they did a bi bilateral biopsy under anesthetic um, just to confirm their diagnosis. But um, they were, yeah, uh, pretty convinced by okay. what they could see. Um, that, that was the... Hmm. And how rare, is, how rare is this condition? It is rare. It is considered a rare disease. Um, it does seem to be on the rise. It's a waterborne bacteria, and it is mostly affects people who wear contact lenses, and the contact lenses somehow come into contact with water. So that water could be tap water, it could be seawater, it could be um, water mm. in a dam, in a river, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So. Oh from all the people that I have contact with who've either had acanthamoeba or who work in acanthamoeba circles, well, particularly the patients, actually. Um, the big warning is contact lenses and water do not go together. Um, and that literally means even if you are, you know, when you handle your contact lenses, if you, you normally wash your hands before you do that, um, make sure that you dry your hands properly. You can't afford to have a drop of water on your hands. That wow, comes wow, wow. You know, if it's if it's water that contains acanthamoeba, yeah. so um, there's a lot of work that's been done in Europe, um, especially um, to advocate and to get pharmaceutical companies that supply contact lens solutions and cases to actually carry warning signs on the boxes okay. and on the cases saying no water. Um, yeah. 
and that's yeah that's pretty impressive i think it's yeah. one of the one of the companies does it in the uk and certainly in holland it's 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 standard okay. protocol now yeah so, so all listeners who make contact lenses be, yeah be warned be aware. So, you know even if you wear contact lenses for sport i mean it, it's a difficult thing and i and we all understand it if you if you can't see and you do a sport that you love i mean it's very hard to go and do your sport without yeah. a contact lens in if you if it involves water um so the suggestion is that if you're wearing disposables, then make sure you are just wearing daily disposables. Um, and if you're not wearing disposables, make sure that you are wearing a very, very good tight fit pair of goggles with whatever sport okay. you are doing. Yeah. In the water. Okay. Mm. Cool. So I want to get to, to the concept of the confocal microscope because yes. they there is a diagnostic tool available um, in the world called the confocal microscope. Um, That's right. And, and, and if, is my understanding correct that, that had a confocal microscope been available, you could have been diagnosed earlier? Yes. So, look, a, 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 good, a good corneal clinician would have picked up my, my um, acanthamoeba pretty early because my warning signs were, were, were very, very strong. Um, it's almost would have, I think, negated the need for a biopsy in a way because yeah. um, the confocal microscope uh, and ophthal ophthalmology used confocal microscope yeah. allows high-resolution imaging of they all the layers, five layers. They would have seen the They would, exactly. They would, they would have yeah. been able to identify the bacteria. They've got a particular shape. There, there are a number of different types of them and, and, and they, um, they have certain patterns and certain shapes. So with a microscope, it would have been... Um, much easier to confirm and oh. also it would have been you know everybody else it's funny when I talk to other acanthamoeba people around um, the world they say well you know where do you have your confocal done and I'm like well we don't have a confocal <laughs> because that's not an option um, and they're absolutely astounded because um, it's sort of standard treatment in in with cornea um, conditions yeah. um, to uh, to have a confocal microscope done anywhere else in the world. So um, it certainly would have been very, very useful. And yeah. we, as you know, don't have one in the Western Cape. Um, mm. There is only one in Gauteng in a private practice. One um, in the whole of South Africa in Gauteng. One in the whole of South Africa, yeah. Wow. yeah. Okay. Confocal microscopes generally are used a lot in laboratories and in research. But this is a particular ophthalmology kind okay. of microscope. Yeah. I, I read a, 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 um, a uh, fiction book a while yeah. ago, and I'm trying to remember what it was. I wonder if it's Dion Meyer's Donkerdruf. And, and, and in that, that, they were talking about a lot of, of, of medical equipment, and one of the terms that were thrown in was a confocal microscope. And I thought, okay, ah, right. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> because, yeah. because my husband is a scientist, reads a lot of science, science, science fiction, and he always says it's interesting to see how they use existing terms, completely out of context in, in, in sci-fi. Oh, novels. really? <laughs> <laughs> to, make, to make it sound true and sound right. And <laughs> so I, thought, uh, I know, I know this. So yeah. tell us a little bit about your, your, your treatment. You've already mentioned the cornea transplant. Um, and you had the, the amoeba in both eyes. Yes. So I've had corn bilateral cornea transplants. They do them separately. Um, they will never do um, them, them at the same time. Um, so I was very fortunate to get um, donors donations from 
or donor corneas from America. Um, the one was from a young 33-year-old woman who died from cancer and had mm. decided to um, donate all of her organs um, and, her, and her tissue. And the other, which I had done in October 2019, um, was a donation from a 28-year-old guy in the States also who had a motor vehicle accident. Mm. Um, so yeah, uh, very, very grateful for my donor donors for, for that tissue. Um, cornea, cornea tissue in South Africa is very limited. Um, we don't have a lot of procurement of cornea tissue. Um, yeah, it, it gets, speaks to the whole the whole situation in, in organ donor foundation generally in, in this country. Um, in many parts of the world now with organ donors, um, organ donation, there is an opt in or rather sorry an opt-out clause so for example when you do your driver's license um, in scotland um, you automatically become an organ donor you have to okay. opt out if you choose not to okay. um, and south africa really needs to look at that i understand that there are a lot of religious um, uh, connotations and a lot of uh, reasons why people don't register yeah. um, i had this conversation with somebody from a pharmaceutical company the other day and she was just saying her sister is is um is a christian and she believes that her body as a temple needs to go to um heaven intact it can't go um disfigured or or, you know with bits removed from it and she has a really hard time persuading her i said to her well you can just ask her to give me a call because without the gift of corneas i would be blind for the rest of my life um so the reality of it is look at what you can do for others um, and the gift Mm. that it gives others yeah so yeah you have your your cornea transplants needs uh they are sutured in place and the sutures remain in for a minimum of 18 months oh wow Um, does it take that long for the cornea to attach yeah that's the period the minimum period that they need them in um to for it sort of to be, I suppose, accepted by, okay. by the eye. Um, so you have, I had 18 stitches in both eyes. Um, and, and for the, for the listeners, they looked beautiful, by the way. It was it just, it, it, it's so, so weird because if you looked at Mandy from a certain angle, you could see the stitches and they glistened. It looked like little diamonds yeah. again. Yeah. Yes, yeah. For the first few months, they were very sparkly. I looked like something out of a sci-fi movie. <laughs> I thought they would look fabulous. <laughs> yeah, I was quite sad when the glistening went away. <laughs> yeah. So then, yeah, the, the, the sutures remain in for that long, um, and there is still obviously a, you you remain on on steroid treatment because of. Uh, the, the risk of, of rejection. Um, I've had one episode of rejection in the one eye, um, which was very frightening um, because, yeah, I can't imagine going through this process again. Um, but Oof. it was identified very, very quickly and uh, okay. the treatment was changed and, and it reversed. Um, but oh, well, I will awesome. be on steroid treatment for, I think, a minimum of five years um, anyway um, until, yeah. And are these costs covered by Not all of them. It's interesting. It's a P, it's regarded as a 
PMB condition now after much persuasion um, on my part um, and on the doctor's part. Um, but it's it's a bit of a, you know, medical aid wears you down um, and they rely on that, yeah. I guess. Um, you eventually, yeah. it's so tired fighting and you feel guilty eventually asking your doctor to motivate for medication and things. Mm. So I've, I've actually given up with them. Um, oh, well. I so, had to motivate. so that's what you're saying? Well, yeah, to a degree. They do cover, you know, they'll argue, for example, they'll only pay for one bottle of drops. Um, and I don't, that's not enough for me for a month. Um, yeah. And they argued when I had the um, cornea transplants, the day before my cornea transplant, I got a call from them saying, sorry, we're not committing to paying the full amount. Um, and I was, well, what's the story here? Um, well, it's because of the exchange rate. We don't know how much it's going to cost. And I said to them, but the quote is in rands. The ophthalmologist has built in, you know, yeah. um, a sort of hedgy kind of thing. So the quote is in rands. So what are you talking about? No, we can't commit to paying for it all. So it, it's a very, very um, frightening and unnecessary uh, little bit of information the day before you're going in for surgery. I can imagine. Um, and you have no idea what you're going to be in for. Um, so I went into a complete tailspin. I mean, I was just there. I can imagine. And then I actually got to somebody who's in, in, in the, the world of um, compliance. Um, and she looked at it from a legal point of view. And she said, here's, here's the phrase you need to go back to your medical aid with. Well, I promise you within eight hours, I got a yes. <laughs> so I'm not a big fan. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and how did you how did you get to this wonderful person? <laughs> She's a good friend of mine. She's a good friend of mine. Oh, uh, I've known her. We were at school together from when we were eight okay. years old, and um, she lives in in the UK now. Oh, that's um, a good friend. Huh? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> she's been a wonderful support. She's been one of those people who sort of has stuck by me day, yeah. day in and day out, and is available at the end of the line whenever I'm having a wow. bad day. And yeah, she's been amazing. Yeah. yeah. Amazing. You need those people. Mm. So now the, the 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 corneas are in your eyes. They are busy. Um, I'm, 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 I'm just going to use the word detaching. Um, and you talked about another lens earlier. That if you have this lens in, is that a normal contact lens, or what are we talking about there? Okay, so that is it's. it's it's called a, a scleral contact lens and it's a, a highly customized scleral contact lens. So effectively what my cornea transplants did was they gave my ophthalmologist a surface with which to work with. Okay. So I, I don't get full vision with my, with my cornea transplants, unfortunately. Soon after my, my surgery, interestingly enough, my vision was really, really good. Um, and then it dropped off and it's typical apparently after cornea transplants that this can happen. Um, and it's increasingly dropping off, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. um, I always use the example of the sort of little ticker tape on the, on the telly. Um, for a while after my cornea transplants um, through my left eye, I could actually read that small print. I now can't see the person's face on the television without a scleral. Mm -hmm. wow. um, so what the scleral does is it's, it's, um, it's like a, it's like a prosthet prosthesis, I suppose. Yeah. Um, it has all sorts of complicated measurements that it fits perfectly over my cornea. It has to sit vaulted above the cornea by a certain number of diopters so that it doesn't touch the cornea because that can cause irritation and rejection and, and, and um, 
you don't want any of that happening and you also have to put it in with a with a very um, large amount of fluid um, so it all that also helps with sort of the dryness and things that you have after cornea transplants okay. but with well, the scleral lens i get 2020 vision in my left eye okay. so um i have that for a maximum of eight hours a day at the moment okay. and i can drive with that oh, wow. um, and that's increased am i correct that it was shorter periods right in the beginning yeah, so when you when okay, they start cool. you off with scleral lens, they fit it and you can wear it for an hour a day for a little bit and then gradually you extend it. But all the while they're checking you. Um, they're checking to see whether it's dropping, whether it's touching at any point. They measure all the different angles, the different points. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, it's got to be a really, really good, when I say good fit, it's not too, too tight a fit, um, but a, a fit that doesn't, um, that allows maximum oxygen supply yeah. into the eye and doesn't do any more damage to the cornea in any way. So that's the external lens. Now in my right eye, um, <laughs> because of the steroid treatment, I have now got a very dense cataract, which is not a complex thing to fix. Um, however, it can't be attended to until three to four months post removal of my stitches. So that is scheduled, we hope, for September. Okay. Fingers crossed. Once that, so at the moment that eye is blind, um, but it's mm. cataract blind. Yeah. So once that has been removed, then they will wait a little bit and then they will start the fitting process of a scleral lens in that eye. Okay. So hopefully, Fred, by the end of 2021, I'm going to be. <laughs> Be seeing the world through oh, both eyes again. What, yeah. a, what, a, what a hope to have. And in the yeah. meantime, what has, done, what, what has this done to you, number one, psychologically, and number two, spiritually? Um, I think Akanthamiva won six love on the psychological level. <laughs> um, it, 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 it resulted in severe depression, severe anxiety. Mm -hmm. um, I have been treated for that and I am still being treated for that. Good. Um, I think there's almost a level of, means. yeah, I think there's almost a level of post-traumatic stress now mm. um, where even the mention of the word or um, reference to the events causes anxiety for me. So I'm trying yeah. very hard to deal with that. Um, Shannon, yeah, I'm forcing you to talk about it. No, 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 no. This is no, this is absolutely fine. Um, it's um, yeah, that's part of dealing with it. You know, I think is learning to talk talk yeah. about it and, and learning to understand that it's not coming back. Um, yeah. I think for a long time you live with a huge amount of fear that it's going to mm. recur, which it yeah. it does has done in in some patients. Because um, one thing that I was thinking about is if I now feel a scratch in my eye, I will freak out. I will completely freak out. Well, I do, you see. And so if anything yeah. happens, um, I'm, I, I tend to get very, very nervous um, if there's any sort of hint of, of anything. Mm. I've learned to learn what the real real okay. signals are. Pain is one of those. So I have to watch out. Any, any hint of pain and I'm straight back at the ophthalmologist's yeah. rooms. Cool. Um, but, you know, there are other days where it's it's really just a case of, okay, my eye is irritated. It doesn't want the lens in anymore. Okay. So I need to give it a rest, take it out, rest my eyes. Okay. Um, yeah. Cool. 
and watch my glare time. So with screens, especially I've now got some very special screen glasses that I must wear. Um, okay. Yeah, to give them that sort of level. Is that what you're wearing at the moment? No, my screen okay. glasses are um, sort of a yellowy color ones. And okay. unfortunately they don't fit over these glasses. So. Okay. So, <laughs> so, them so you've also, sorry, and, and, and the spiritual changes? Because the one big one comes up for me. <laughs> Yeah, the spiritual changes were quite um, slow um, to manifest. Um, I think initially there was a huge degree of anger. Mm, um, I can and I was drowning my sorrows in a lot of um, late night wine. And um, yeah, um, I wanted to blot the world out. I think it was mm. just a very, very hard place to be. So um, the spiritual changes have, or spiritual awakenings, if you like, or spiritual reawakening because for me I, there was a, always a, a very big spirituality was important in my life and mm. you and I've chatted about my my, my beliefs in, in um, or rather preference to the Buddhist way of life yeah. and Buddhist philosophies and, and getting a sense of centeredness and calmness and that that's my that's my space um, that's where I'm comfortable and those are the philosophies and principles that speak to me um, so for me now, it's almost about going back to that. Um, okay. I let it go for a while. Uh, my anger and my um, sort of rage at what was going on um, really stopped me from accessing that. And mm. um, now I'm back to meditating, back to yoga, back to yeah, really awesome. reaching out to my higher power for guidance in, you know, in my daily life. Um, and it makes a huge difference. Okay. Yeah. And that also gives you a sense of you don't need alcohol anymore because you now tap into something completely different. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, that's been such a gift really um, to realize that, um, that, you know, dumbing down whatever you're going through, whatever you're experiencing, mm -hmm. whatever challenges you face um, is not getting you anywhere. It doesn't help you yeah. in any way at all. Um, you really have to learn to to deal with those life challenges, and as you know, I'm absolutely fascinated with your your books and um, your <laughs> particularly your book on addiction for the twelve steps for for non addicts. Yeah. Um, I think that uh -huh. the twelve steps is is a is a sort of a, um, a as you said, um, we don't get born with um, you know a, a, a guide, a manual right. as to how to yeah. live and. <clears throat> I think anybody needs to be looking at, at the 12 steps as a, as a way to, to navigate life. Life mm. is not easy. It's challenging. Um, there's no one, no one out there who's got this sort of perfect rosy life. Yeah. And um, yeah, so practicing those and, and, and practicing the 12 steps in my own life is or, mm. yeah, learning about them and, and um, implementing them. I realize you have to keep going back and revisiting them. <laughs> <laughs> we work it's not just a, it's not just a let's read this manual and we can take exactly, the boxes yeah. off and go yeah it's definitely a daily design for living mm. and, and then the, 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 the big thing that I was that I thought about in terms of spirituality is that that idea for you to 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 to, to, to give to give back through through what you yeah. through what, what 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 you've gone through tell us a little bit about that yeah, Fred, you know, I think um, in, in my countless journeys to and from doctors and hospitals and things, many, many times in Ubers, because obviously I couldn't drive, um, 
I was chatting to guys and women who were driving me and asking them about eye care within their own communities and um, how they perceived blindness and what they thought was available to them or, or what what actually was available to them. And I really started to ponder how somebody who didn't have the support structure of their family um, in terms of finances largely, because for mm -hmm. me, I, I've been very, very fortunate to have um, some financial assistance from my family. Yeah. Um, I've got a lot of debt to pay back, but having, you know, that will happen with time. Um, but I had access to that. Yeah. And there are a lot of people who don't have access to that. Um, and without that access, mm. I wouldn't have actually been able to go through yeah. this rehabilitation process. Mm. Um, you know, I wasn't able to work. I wasn't able to do. It was an expensive process. Um, even my Uber trips to and from where I go for treatment um, are over a thousand rand a pop. So yeah, doing that twice a month was quite uh, quite an expenditure. So yeah, I mean, just chatting to people and, and sort of, I think also, starting this process of, of, of gratitude, daily gratitude for what I'd received and um, led me to a place where I thought there's something here that needs to be done. And maybe, maybe part of this journey for me um, in healing is to actually um, start something that can help others um, mm. and learn about what, what needs to, what, what needs yeah. there are within South Africa. Um, and so that journey began. I started asking questions um, I started finding out what, what was needed. Um, I learned a huge amount. Um, I then met with James and you, <laughs> James Jenny. And um, James obviously has a huge amount of experience in running um, mm. an NGO and in setting up an NGO. And um, yeah, the question was, I'd, I'd done the homework. James had given me the, the information on how you go up setting, setting up an NGO um, and he put me in touch with a law firm who are specifically NGO um, specialists. So that process was easy. But then um, I was told that I needed three board members. <laughs> it wasn't something you could just do on your own. Um, yeah. hence, hence my asking you to join me, which you very kindly jumped in and did. And yes. so Eyes to Eyes was born. And um, you and I started a new, another new exciting chapter together <laughs> in our 20-year history yes. um, and yeah as to I started and then you introduced me to Pierre and um, so we had three people and we what had a blessing people. that was eh? absolutely it's just so bloody rational yeah. <laughs> for, 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 for the listeners to, and, and, and I'll, I'll, I'll refer to both James and, and, and Pierre's um, podcast chat as well Mandy and I are such or shame, or shame, or shame. We we absolutely look at every situation with our hearts. And Pierre is kind of the business rational part. And thank God for him. <laughs> yes, yeah, you know, I. I and, he, and he apologizes for it immediately. Kind of, no, Pierre, we need. Yes, we need the rationality to come in. <laughs> well, he's he's got that fortunate blend of heart and um, you know, very clear thinking and and yeah. stick to your knitting kind of thing. This exactly. is what we're about, and we're a cornea foundation, and you can't start saving everybody out there with eye problems. Exactly. Yeah. Because unfortunately, as you know, after various radio interviews, we've had calls from all you know people all over the show. Yeah. I can't say no, so I, I do get involved. But yeah. uh, I now I have learned to outsource to the relevant programs. <laughs> awesome, awesome. No, you've, yeah. been, you've been active on radio, hey? So 
Um, so you've, you've really been trying to, to get the word out there um, that, 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 that number one, eye to eyes exists and, and that, we, yes. that we're an NPO, that we try to get money into number one by the, 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 the confocal microscope yes. for the Western Cape because yes. there's a very, very big need for that. Um, and yes. then the, the, the second thing is, is the corneas. Tell us a little bit about that. So, yeah, the awareness around corneas, cornea tissue, you know, so trying to encourage people to go to the ODF, um, Organ Donor Foundation uh, website, which and, and register as, as um, organ donors. Um, but more importantly, I think, is to discuss the issue with your families if you do decide to register as an organ donor, um, because ultimately, if you reach an untimely demise, the decision to donate your organs rests with your family, not with you. That's the way it is. Are you serious? Um, yep. So oh. if your family are vehemently opposed to organ donation, you may be registered as an organ donor, but if they say, forget it, you are not wow. um, taking my family members' organs, it's their decision. Um, Good so, grief. Yeah. So that's the discussion. You need to have the discussion with okay. your family. Um, it's really, really important. Yeah. Well, um, so that's on the cornea front. Mm. So, so, so Eyes to Eyes also tries to raise awareness around the, the whole organ donor, um, um, specifically related to corneas. But I just I wanted to ask this question a lot earlier: Is the corneas that you that you receive from the from the US they are four to five times more expensive than the ones that would have been procured in South Africa? Am I correct? Yeah, I'm not sure of the exact amount now. I think so. My one. Uh, cornea transplant was in the region of 70,000 rand. Seven zero. In terms of both 70,000 rand. Yeah. So that's the surgery and the, the actual um, cornea tissue. Remember, organ donation, and this is important for listeners, nobody makes money out of donated organs. We're not talking about a trade in tissue and <laughs> in organs. So, yeah, that's, no, that, that, and that, that well, is a problem. Well, there is a black market, but this is not what we're referring to Yeah, This is exactly, this is the white but market. That is a, On the that white is a, market, there's no profit. That, that's the, 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 you know, the misconception is that um, there's a profit made out of tissue and, and, and out of organ donation, and, and there certainly is not. So it's the handling of that, you know, the handling of it, the transfer mm. of it, et cetera, et cetera, mm. getting it into the country. Um, so should we, be, should we be procuring all, uh, cornea tissue within our own borders, um, that expense would, yeah. you know, not be there. Um, you would have the expense of the surgery, certainly. Yeah. Um, so I would think you could probably get around with, you know, get away with around 25,000 Rand okay. um, as, a, as a ballmark three, for it to be done locally. Mm. Yeah, mm. yeah, Amazing. yeah. So we need to, we, we need, you know, a lot of, of advocacy work for uh, around and, and awareness around um, procuring cornea tissue locally. Yeah. Um, there is a lot of work happening around it. There's a new bone and tissue engineering facility that has just been launched. Okay. Um, I think their, their official launch was about a week ago. Um, okay. They're very dynamic and um, they're doing a lot of, a lot of work around raising awareness. Um, I mean, for example, things like even if you have, sorry, I'm off the topic of eyes here, but even if you, you have to have um, hip replacement surgery, your hip, that is removed can be used. That bone can be used. So why would oh. you not want to donate that? You know. Yeah. Um, so they, they are. But on the cornea front, okay. that's probably a rough okay. 
rough um, estimate in terms yeah. of the cost. Mm. Okay. And then the third thing I, I want to do is, is that we try to raise funds to procure um, um, scleral lenses for, yes. for, for, for communities who can't afford it. Yeah. That's right. And that's, you know, for me, that's the exciting thing with the confocal microscope is if we can get the confocal microscope in place, whatever fees we get from the confocal microscope, um, whether that's from private practitioners or whether that's from, from, from state um, patients, those fees will go directly into sterile lens uh, programs. So at the, moment, at the moment, the state does not provide sterile lenses. The policy... Um, provides other lenses for various conditions, but not sclerals. Mm. Um, and patients like keratoconus patients do not, cannot have their sight restored with gas permeable lenses. They just don't mm. work. A, a bulging keratoconus cornea um, needs a custom fit scleral yeah. lens. And often post tra cornea transplant, patients require scleral lenses. So to me, it's like, it's just bizarre that the state hospitals don't make provision for that. Yeah. It, it's so weird. It's like, yeah. it, 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 it's like saying to a, to a pregnant lady who goes for a, for a C-section, we'll, we'll cut you open, but you won't take the baby out. Yeah. You know, so we'll give you, we'll, we'll restore, we'll give you a cornea transplant, but you must still go home blind because we can't actually give, fit you with exactly. a scale lens. So anyway, that's, that's work we need to do in terms of the Ministry of Health and, and decision makers. Awesome. But in the meantime, we are kicking off with that and we've got two candidates at the moment that we are praising um, yes. to see whether they are a good fit and hopefully we Fantastic. can kick off with them. Awesome. Because we want to get people seeing again. That's what Absolutely. we're all about. Yeah. Hmm. Mace, tell me about um, where, where can people reach us? So our website is www.eyes2eyes.org.za. And just out of interest, the reason we chose that name is because of the donation from one eye to another eye. So it does ah. have a meaning. Um, cool. And that is and that's two is the number two. That's exactly right, the number two. Um, you can find us on Facebook at Eyes to Eyes 2020 um, and on Instagram, hashtag Eyes to Eyes 2020 and on Twitter at Eyes to Eyes 2020. If you want to chat to any of us, um, you can pop us an email, info at eyes to eyes.org.za. Uh, awesome. As a registered nonprofit, we are... Um, all donations are tax-free in the hands of donors, whether that are, whether that's a corporate donor or whether it's um, a private donor. So we can give you an 18A tax certificate. Fantastic. Um, so, yeah. And then also just briefly, Fred, if you've got a moment, the Mandela Day Challenge is coming up. Um, mm. So that's a really nice um, way of getting involved with your family. Um, with Mandela Day on the 18th of July, we decided to challenge people to wear a blindfold on for 67 minutes and donate 67 rand or multiples thereof to our organization um, and do something fun. Um, do something that you enjoy doing, um, wearing your blindfold, um, be that baking, be it cooking, be it um, painting, um, be it a I'm yoga class. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe, well, maybe all, I think with a little bit of help, you don't want to go over the cord of the lawnmower. Um, you don't want to have little patterns or, in your, or your toe. <laughs> yeah, or your toe. Yeah. Um, 
But, you know, have some fun with it because it is messy. I remember yeah. the first time I went out for a meal wearing yeah. my various bits of regalia and um, trying to find my mouth with, you know, it, it, yeah. it, the mess I made at my first meal, the person who took me out for lunch was giggling nervously because we were in a public place and I had food all over me, um, unbeknown to me. But, mm. you know, it does get messy. And so experience yeah. for, for, for 67 minutes what it's like to be either low vision or, or completely blind. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, decorate some interesting cupcakes, see what you come up with. Absolutely. I still remember after that first weekend with you driving home, I said to you, I'm so glad Mandy can see how dirty our house is because you are oh. so house proud and your house is so oh, clean. Oh, I know. It was terrible. That was, a, that was a really awful, awful experience, actually. Oh, yeah, yeah. Anyway. But, man, <laughs> unfortunately, we need to call it quits here. We've gone way over, over my normal allocated time. And I still wanted to talk about all the visual aids and stuff that you use as well. But it's just Oh, my word. Okay. Today. Yeah. We've, we'll have another chat about eye health. Yeah, yes, you know, I think there's also that. another opportunity yeah. to talk about our health but generally. I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart. This was really so awesome and so so brave of you to 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 come and talk about this, even though you know that it raises a lot of issues for you. But thank you so much. And thank um, you. let's keep let's keep on fighting this fight. And please, listeners, if you've got 67 rand lying around, please, please, please do the do the um, 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 Mandela Day challenge. And challenge your friends. Put some photos on on, on Instant everywhere and challenge your friends to do it as well. Let, 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 let's get the world singing again. Thanks, man. Fantastic. Look after yourself. Thanks, Fred. Have an awesome yeah. weekend. Bye. Bye. I must really learn not to set up client appointments directly after meet me in the field's recording. I had to rush to finish this amazing conversation with Mandy because I had a client after her. There's still a lot I wanted to ask her about the visual aids she now uses, as well as find out more about the work of Eyes to Eyes. We shall probably chat again. I cannot thank Mandy enough and wish her and Eyes to Eyes all of the best. If you happen to have about 1.5 million rand lying around and wish to support us in buying that confocal microscope for the Western Cape, please contact Mandy at infos at eyes2eyes.org.za. Again, that is eyes, the number two, eyes.org.za. We and many visually impaired people all over the country will hear of you for the rest of your life. If you want to know more about what I do, please feel free to connect with me on my website, which is www.freddy.org.za, or find me on Facebook at either Meet Me in the Field or Freddy Counselor, one Twitter at, at Rensburg Freddy, or Instagram at Freddy Counselor. Remember that Freddy is always spelled with an IE at the end. Thank you for listening. Be safe. Bye.